0: Me. Do I feel lucky? Like well, do you, bunk? Good
1: morning, Vietnam!
0: I love the smell of my pump in the morning. You better need a bigger potion. I feel the need. the need for speed. Uh, I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome episode 267 welcome to the conjuring 2 and welcome to the son of a movie podcast i am your host Juan. i am joined by the cast the crew the fella zach <laughs> how you hey, doing what's going on everybody i'm doing good johnny how about you man i am doing fantastic man it is a uh, it's almost 90 degrees and we're almost in november you know so uh, this weather cannot make up its mind um, but Man. I guess that's what that's what fall is here in, in the good old state of Oklahoma, you know. You got winter in the morning and you got summer in the evening.
1: Absolutely. There's no in between, apparently, until we get to like December 25th, and then it's like freezing cold.
0: Yeah. Um, but thanks for everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh whether you're watching us on live on the Facebook or watching us on YouTube, um, on Emo Productions YouTube channel, or whether you're listening to us out there in podcast land. Uh you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, we are wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but Zach, man, good week. Long week. Are you ready for the weekend? It's officially hump day. Uh, it's Wednesday. I don't know if uh, that matters to you. You know, If you live for the weekend, you don't look like you're a man who lives for the weekend. Look, you know, I
1: I don't have much going on in my life right now, but look, you know, we're getting into the we're getting into some movie seasons, we're getting into the Oscar season, so, you know, I look forward to that. We we have our first big comp- competition movie this year this weekend with Killers of the Flower Moon, which I'll be checking out, so I'll talk about that next week. But hey, right now I don't know about you, Johnny. We're in the we're in the week of Taylor Swift because she dominated the box office this weekend. So
0: Taylor Swift dominated the box office. My daughter wants to go see it.
1: But you you, haven't, know you what? haven't seen it
0: yet. I'm I'm hesitant on a f- almost three hour concert video.
1: Well, you know what? When we get into recent
0: watches, we'll talk about it.
1: Or if you want to talk about it right now. We, well, there let's, you
0: go. Let's, let's talk about it. So get into so, some recent watches. That go ahead and um, mention some recent watches or if you have any recommendations.
1: Yeah. Um, so obviously probably like 80% of America and 80% of the world this past weekend went and saw the Taylor Swift Airs Tour concert film. Listen, did going have, in.
0: I, did you have your Swifty shirt on and were you jumping up and down? Oh, look. Wish I could take some video just to prove it to the world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, in all honesty, I don't follow her music. I don't, I I know maybe like the big songs like Shake It Off and Bad Reputation, and all that. For someone that doesn't follow her, I'm not a part of Swifty Nation. I really thoroughly enjoyed this, to be honest. I I have much more respect for her as an artist now after seeing this than before that before watching it. She puts on such a big production that I have never I've been to a lot of concerts in my life but no, I've never seen anything like that. So I well, can't she imagine
0: She charged about $800 a pop per ticket. You better get the biggest <laughs> production you can get. Exactly. I it, you watch
1: that you watch that movie. There are people way 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 off in the back, top top row you she looks like a stick figure from where they're sitting and they spent like you said $900, $800 to see her. Just to just to be in the presence in that concert.
0: And so yeah, I mean, I. You know what? Let, let me ask you, as somebody who, I, I mean, granted we're both nearly the same age, but let me ask: What does an artist benefit from charging that much for the for a nosebleed or for a cheapest ticket? You would think if you were an artist, you know, or if you are the number one downloaded artist in the world, or at least top five, your average fan can't go see you. Yeah. I, I, I I don't get stuff like that. And I truly think
1: that's as well. There's two reasons. I think she did this because, you know, she actually sued Ticketmaster from like hijacking the prices on her, on her tickets. So I've truly, you know, these artists, I, you know, I think people want to blame the artists for charging that. They have no say whatsoever in how much they can charge on, on Ticketmaster. And the other reason is she's going to be inter- doing international tours from here to November of next year. Correct. And so, this is why she put this out here, because you know, she's not I, she may not even have another American show until 2025. Maybe next the Who next American
0: the next American show is Louisiana next November.
1: Oh, there you go. So yeah, if you <laughs> if you want to see her, you have to wait a whole year, almost a full year and a month before you can see her. So you're so, so you're, so you're telling
0: you're telling me when I click the links to go see those that show next year, because I I've looked into getting tickets. Like you, you're telling me that Ticketmaster is the only say so that why those tickets are that much. You're telling me she has no way of dropping those ticket sales. Like she's not the she, one for them.
1: No, from from what I understand, it's like it's like spotters that actually buy up all the tickets and they hijack the prices to these. You know, even even Beyonce's tickets. I think she they're even more than hers, which are like a thousand dollars a piece. So I'm just like. And I totally agree with you. The average person who it who is a fan of Taylor Swift, they can't, you have to take out a whole freaking like loan, bank loan to go see her. I'm just like, that's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And so, you know, we were t- chatting in our text thread and $30, I get, I get the full experience I don't have to worry about parking. I don't have to worry about getting out with the crowds. It was, it was a very, it was a fun experience. I'll, I'll say that. So I, I definitely say if you're a fan of Taylor Swift or if you have kids that want to see it, it it is worth it's totally worth the money.
0: Nice.
1: Um, otherwise, uh checked out Candyman for next week's episode from 2021. Uh Frasier is back on Paramount Plus. The new season, we're two episodes in. I think they're st- trying to still get the formula right. I think they're still doing the comedy of the old show, but trying to do something new. And um yeah, it's if you're a fan of the if you're fan if you're a fan of Fraser, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I think it's going to be a ten up ten episode season. I think so. By the time Thanksgiving is done, or we get to early December, we'll still have some Frasier. Do and you then, think
0: it'll get to the popularity of the Roseanne reboot? I don't know. I think Roseanne is the only revived show that has survived, even when they booted her off, and it's now the Connors. It's yeah. still, it's still thriving.
1: Yeah, I think it's in season seven or something like that. So that's it's, insane. Yeah. yeah, and I think I truly think if Roseanne hadn't, you know, that's a whole other debate. But if she hadn't said what she said, that would still be the highest highest rated show on on ABC right now. If it's the still, original Roseanne was is. on there, I mean, it is. But I mean, it's not like. You, I mean, obviously, I don't know if you've seen the Connors, but you truly miss, you lose something when
0: you kick off uh, the star of the show. Yeah, of course. But I mean, even with the revival of Full House, you know Fuller House, Girl Meets World, some of those '90s stuff that's came back just has not hit. It doesn't work. It it hasn't hit like Roseanne has. Even booting her off and you know letting old Dan take control, like it's still like it's still funny. It's still. Tune in yeah. weekly, you know. I, I haven't kept up with it since um, like the last few seasons, but from what I've read, it's still kicking. And I'm like, man, it's it, it would be good to see Frazier kick off that way. Since you brought up Frazier, I wanted to bring this up to you. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld recently in the yeah. news also said, never say never. He has something up his sleeve about reviving his show with his full cast from back in the day. What do you think about that?
1: I, I you know, obviously, now I haven't seen all of Seinfeld. Like, I, I'm really thinking about jumping back in the pool of Seinfeld because I'm like halfway through season three or whatever on Netflix. But from what I understand, from what I've heard, that series finale is really bad. Like, even the cast himself was like, "No, that was awful, dude." So, like, I, you know, I, I think you know, obviously, we're such in an age now where bringing nostalgia things back is pretty much the norm, and it's pretty, it's going to continue. I like, it wouldn't surprise me if uh Ray Romano brings everybody loves Raymond back and all this and that. Um so yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I don't know if he, it would be like just a a remake of the final season or maybe do what Frazier's doing and just do like a complete quote unquote reboot, but st- like a requel type thing. Um that would be best. Yeah. I don't know. I mean it it does it does surprise me because he said he would just never he would never do that uh, at some point.
0: But you know like you Money said, talks. never
1: say never. Exactly.
0: What else do you recommend?
1: And then lastly, I checked out, uh, I talked about Ken Burns several times on the show before. Oh. He has a new show, a new two-part uh, documentary about the American buffalo, which you would think, well, like, why would you want to watch that? There's so, that story about the buffalo, because you. May, I don't know if you may or may not know, Johnny, that animal was pretty much almost the verge of extinction by the, like, late 1800s and something i really didn't didn't know was that at one point there were tens of millions of them all over the united states as far as north as canada to south as florida
0: mm.
1: and then it i don't want to give it away but it, it it's truly remarkable that that animal is not extinct to be honest and then there's still roman uh the wilderness in america and the, on the plains
0: i like their wings
1: <laughs> yeah it's a great commercial <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Ken Burns, American Buffalo, Frasier on Paramount Plus, and yeah, go check out the Taylor Swift Air Store in the theater.
0: Uh, if I had to recommend anything, I'll, I'll run through my watch list real quick. Um, since last week's episode of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I have went through Aladdin, Misery, first two episodes of Low-Key. Um, any Any good. Highly recommend, you know, I, I really did enjoy the first season of Loki and the first two episodes at least have been um, wildly entertaining. Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston, I, I could watch them all day. They just, they vibe so well together. Um, I watched strays on Peacock. It's trash. Um, Misery, rewatch Pikachu, the Omen, Rosemary's Baby. The Conjuring, Edward Scissor Hands, The Exorcist, The Shining, The Conjuring Two. Uh, also watched the first, I think, five or six episodes of Goosebumps that came out on Hulu and Disney Plus. Um, oh, it's yeah. garbage. It's, 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 gar- gar- it's garbage. It's trash. It shouldn't have been brought back. Um, <laughs> is it connected?
1: Is it connected to the Jack Black movie or is it its own no,
0: thing? It's its own thing. And you know how each episode of Goosebumps was different, like the Twilight Zone. No, each episode connected. All, 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 so far, all, all five of these episodes, it's connected. It's one big story, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's garbage. I wouldn't pay attention to it. I, I'm not gonna watch the rest of the uh, series. Um, so actually, if I had to recommend anything, um, I would go check out. Oh, also checked out the Zach. Another, since we're talking about the '90s and TV shows, I re- I watched the first two episodes or first three or four episodes of Dawson's Creek. Oh yeah, have you ever seen that?
1: They have the Blu-ray set at Best Buy, so I'm really considering it. It's, is
0: it it's, good? Well, I've, I've I paid for it. I bought it.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> did I didn't know that uh, Dawson, played by James Ader, is a Steven Spielberg fanatic in the movie?
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard that. And they he's also
0: heard? he's also a, like a fifteen. He he's supposed to be a fifteen year old in the first season, but he's a film. He's wanting to go through film school and. That's what he's obsessed with. So like, I'm like, man, how have I not ever heard about this or paid attention to it? Uh, But the first four episodes, if you really want 90s nostalgia, um, I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu if you don't want to pay for it. Um, But yeah, I'm loving every episode so far.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's been on my go back and rewatch shows on this list. And so it's just, you know, it's kind of like, it's very much in the vein of like the OC, One Tree Hill, where it's just like the teen comedy comic- yeah. that but came it's out only, in
0: the 2000s. It's it's only six episodes. I, now, I will say this. If you don't like the teenage drama of like maybe Scream, I don't think you're yeah. going to like it. Because okay. it's, it's written and I think directed uh, – Kevin Williamson might have directed a few episodes, but I know he wrote the whole thing. And yeah. the same guy who wrote all the scream movies. So if you don't like that kind of uh teen drama, then you may not like, but I'm the moment I found out I like, man, Dawson's a huge Spielberg fan and he's just in love with movies. Uh, it, 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 it drew me in and it's been pretty entertaining. If I had to recommend anything, uh, Edward Scissorhands, the shining, the exorcist, um, Edward Scissorhands is going to be an episode in January. Uh, go check out those movies. Um, I can't believe that it's been almost five years since we talked about The Shining. Fun, fun movie, even though it's almost two and a half hours long. Um, and then check out the first two episodes of, uh, Loki. So.
1: Yeah, I need to, <laughs> I just, I don't know, just kind of, <laughs> the ticket, I saw that the tickets from the marbles went on sale. I've not even bought mine yet. I'm just like, I, mm.
0: But um, but uh Strays is trash. So don't waste my time with it. It's, it's, it's an hour and a half, but it's it's completely just raunchy, stupid comedy. I think I laughed maybe once or twice throughout the whole movie. Mm, so not
1: not a good sign.
0: But uh but yeah. Uh but let's get into today's episode. Today we're talking about the conjuring Um, Currently on IMDb, it has a 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes is at 80%. The Metascore is at 65%. The budget was $40 million, and it grossed a little over $322 million at the box office with a release date of June 10th, 2016. Ed and Lorraine Warren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by a supernatural spirit starring Vera Famiga, Patrick Wilson, Madison Wolf, Francis O'Connor. And then you have the debut, I believe of Bonnie Ahrens, who plays the nun Hmm. uh, directed by James Wan. Zach, we're starting off with you. Do you remember the first time that you saw this movie? What was your thoughts getting out of the movie? And then what was it like revisiting it for the episode?
1: Yeah. Uh, saw this in the theater. Uh, summer of 2016 looks I think it originally came out. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was really hyped for it because it just looks much different than the first film. It looked like we were going to go to a much more darker like feel for this, for this type of film. Um, man, I was just creeped out the entire time sitting in the theater. It was very, it had a lot of ambiance. It felt very um, demonic, I guess is the word I want to use. Um, it just felt like anything could happen at any moment. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. I didn't, and I know we've had all these different Conjuring movies since then. Um, but on this rewatch, I still had the same thing. I felt like I was really worried about the rewatchability. Is like, like, uh, it's two hours and 15 minutes. Like, is this going to be... Is this going to hold up? Is this going to be as good as I remember it? And I, yeah, I I still hold my stance that this is the best conjuring film. So
0: I kind of, I'm going to go a little sidetrack with you. I'm going to go a little, little opposite ways. Saw this in the theater opening night. Like, you know, I went and saw it on the biggest screen possible. It was an absolute blast in a movie theater. Um, the last few times I'm definitely re watching it for this episode, I'm like, kind of not really nitpicking, but I kinda and I don't know if maybe it's because I watched the first one a little bit before this one, or I don't know if I you know but I just kind of felt like okay did we really need a almost two hour and twenty minute horror horror film about yeah. the I don't know, but we'll get into it um i gotta I gotta say this so like. What is your stance before we get into this film on the Warrens and their real life situation with, you know, and, and they, they it shows in the movie too, people throwing them under the bus saying that they're fakes, they're honies, and it's all a hoax. What is your th- mm-hmm. personal real thoughts on that couple or just in, in <sighs> spiritual, natural, if I can get you some of your beliefs that way?
1: I, I think that the Ed and Lorraine <laughs> stories are very obviously. I think the films really hype them up or over over not overreact but over um, overblown what the true story is. And um, I don't want to call them hoaxes or fakes or whatever because obviously I haven't done that much digging on them. But I will say that they've definitely had a lot of experiences that is that are very a obviously supernatural and un, unnerving but at the same time it's just like you know the 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 Annabelle doll, which is you know obviously a staple of this universe it's just a raggedy and doll in real life and so you're just sitting there going like okay, so how can you know so some of the things you know obviously they're Obviously, there are some things in this universe, and obviously in their real life, that it's just like I feel like if they're just they're overblown just for the sake of overblown. And it, it, in reality, it's just like it wasn't as big of a deal as you know these mo- movies make it out to be. What about you?
0: Uh, same thing. I'm not going to say seeing is believing, you know, or get into that whole unnatural spirit versus what I believe and what I see, but. I, I agree. I do think the movies over blow maybe some of the real life situations, you know, but uh, I don't know if I would probably, if I'm going to pick up a conjuring movie, I don't know if I, I, I agree with you. I think number two is probably one of the better ones, but I think it's obvious that it's one and two. I don't think I'd want to actually pick up the other ones to yeah. kind of dive down that, that rabbit hole again
1: well and i i really wanted to watch this before um coming on here to talk about this movie but i just ran out of time But there is a documentary on on, on max called devil's road the true story of and lorraine warren um you can check it out um interviews it and archives chart paranormal power couple as as they rise to fame so i think that'd be just like some good homework you know i don't know if i'll get to it but i i'd like to watch it just to see kind of Um, the true story of this couple and how famous and like they, they came during their time.
0: So this movie touches on one of the classics of all time. (laughs) It it, it touches on the Amityville horror at the beginning of the movie, Um, (laughs) which of like, if you're a paranormal horror fan, like that's what that should be. One of the movies you put up there with your paranormal status, but like whether it's the Ryan Reynolds version or the original, you know, Brolin film. Um, What do you think of them putting that at the beginning of the movie, like touching on the actual Amityville horror?
1: Oh, you see, like that's what got me in the mood. I love the the opening of this film where she's just kind of like going through the steps of Ronnie De, De, Ronnie um, DeFreo, I think is, is his name, that murdered the family, and it's just the 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 seance and her just kind of going through the whole motion of what he did to his family, and obviously, you know, there's been bunch, a bunch of stuff since, since then, was he possessed? Was he just crazy? Whatever. But it, this that opening really set the tone for this movie, and it also sets up the tone of, or sets up the idea of, you know, someone is probably going to die by the end of this, whether it be Ed or Lorraine, and I I really, really like that concept, even though it's it's played out through the entire film, and we bring in... Uh, The Nun, which I'll I'll talk about briefly when we get to that. Um, It is really... For me, it just really set the mood, and it really set um, the pacing for the rest of the film. What about you?
0: I'm Being a fan of both the remake and the original, I liked the opening. Um, I think the Amityville horror movie, like the actual film is like... uh, it's, It's good. And I don't know why people hate on the Ryan Reynolds one so much. Like it's only an hour and a half. It's a reboot. It's updated. You're in, you're out. The original mm-hmm. one is like two hours long. Um, this one too, the Conjuring 2 kind of had me twiddling my thumbs a little bit. Like I was gonna ask you, does runtime matter? I know it matters matter. Ugh, I'm having a stroke. I know it matters in some movies, but does it matter in horror movies to you? Um to me it doesn't because if it's done right, I can sit and watch an almost two hour and thirty-five minute movie and still be fine. But yeah. I really felt like I was just twiddling my thumbs for in The Conjuring two, like two seventeen, two twenty. Like, come on!
1: I I didn't have that because I felt like there was plenty enough. Uh, I don't want to say jump scare, but there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of tension throughout because when we get to Edinfield, I was really worried when we got to Edinfield and the family that gets uh, haunted. I was kind of like you. were was like, oh my god, can we please move on with this and everything? But I felt like the amount of scares, the amount of there's um, so much to
0: uncover and so many layers.
1: Yes. And I think the other thing that really helps this movie, and I don't know if you really caught on to this on your viewing, was the cinematography. I thought this movie was really, really shot, was shot very well. Um, and James Wan has a very good effect of um, twisting and turning the camera in certain ways where like uh, the girls walking up the stairs and you see just barely in the background, the old man sitting in the chair or the ghost of the old man Um I thought, you know, I thought, like I said, I thought this movie was shot really, really well.
0: I think that's why I kind of had just a little trouble with it. Like, I understand the layers and you have to peel it back. And, you know, you did have, essentially you had a ghost being possessed who is troubling the family. So there's a lot to uncover here in the movie. And maybe it's just the old school mentality of me, but I was like, just give me one demon let him possess whatever the hell she wants. Let let the story be basic, hour and forty minutes to, to 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 an hour and fifty. Get me in and get me out. Um, yeah. It probably well, did, it probably didn't help either that I watched The Exorcist like a few days before this.
1: Well, yeah. I mean that doesn't you know when you quote unquote some people call it the best horror movie ever made. You know that's you know obviously in this film definitely takes. Um, <laughs> This whole frame, this whole universe, <laughs> definitely takes um, tr- uh, I, tributes and homages to The Exorcist.
0: I think it's definitely better, a better possession film. I wouldn't call it the, the the greatest horror movie of all time. Definitely a better possession film than any of the Conjuring movies. But in your mind, what's different between The Exorcist and maybe The Conjuring one and two? Like, why is one filmed, probably looked upon as like, uh, I'm not gonna watch that compared to either conjure one and two are fun films
1: i think and i think i think maybe you and it had this conversation when you guys did the exorcist you know four or five years ago whenever um i think the exorcist really hits home with people because it just delves deep on your faith you know how strong its it attacks your faith by just you know possession possessing a little girl. But the thing about The Exorcism, I, I haven't seen it in forever, so you have to you know you just watch it so you'll be able to tell me. It's a, like I remember it being like the pacing of it being very slow. Like it's very the, like not a lot happens. Everything kind of gets dragged out a little bit. The Reagan stuff is very much like maybe the last. 30, 40 minutes of the movie where she's actually possessed and you know all hell breaks loose. Um,
0: oh yeah. But see, that's with the this... thing. Like with, with that movie is it's a different kind of layering because the first I mean, it's it's really hard to say, but like it it dives more deep into the belief that they don't want to believe that something's wrong with the girl. Oh, she's right. a single, she's a single mother. She the the daughter is just wanting to, you know, reach out and do That's stuff out. for tenting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially with her going through, uh, you know, she thinks that there's rats in the attic, and she has she's kind of wealthy, but yet she's still a single mom. So, um, yeah. it, it dives deep more into stuff like that, and it it almost like proves the daughter's faking it. And I brought that up for this simple fact that they believe the same thing in The Conjuring too. That the family and the daughter are faking it. So that's where I wanted to compare and contrast, kind of. Where one movie is, again, it's still a long movie, but like I had a lot more fun tearing off the layerings of The Exorcist compared to maybe The Conjuring 2 because they threw so much evil at you at once. Because, you know, The Exorcist, you have just the one demon, and The Conjuring 2, you have the spirit who's being tortured by. The nun and the crooked man.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I I, I didn't know that was a uh, a uh, plot point in The Exorcist, and so you can definitely, t- like I said, you know, everything that the ex The Exorcist came out what 1973, six, almost 50 years ago, it's 55 years ago. Um, that film, ever since that movie came out everything has been trying to capture that horror or that suspense that it, it, it was able to create. I mean, every, you know, even some of the better paranormal activity, paranormal act movies, it, it's, you know, they're drawn from that, from that experience of seeing the exorcist. And so this movie, yeah, I mean, I'm sure James Wan wrote that in there and maybe, <laughs> maybe it did happen that the family was criticized as saying, Oh, they're faking it or whatever. But, yeah, you can definitely tell that The Exorcist had a huge impact on this movie.
0: I almost enjoyed Lorraine being tortured more than I did the family in London going through their issues.
1: Yes, and let's talk about that. Because I realized that... Okay, before, before we go into that, do you enjoy this universe? Have you seen all the movies in this universe? Yeah. Do you enjoy it?
0: Uh, or do you think qu- after a well, while it? That was a question I asked on social media today. If you guys want to hit us up on the social media, uh, I asked a question on facebook.com forward slash the cinema Newbie podcast. Also on the Instagram page, X and send us an email. I, I, I think the universe is a little overrated. Um, if anybody else wants to chime in, you can. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I asked if, if you guys think that the The Conjuring universe may be a little overhyped and overrated. I think besides Conjuring 1, 2, and 3, and I know the third one is kind of trash, some people say, but outside of those three movies, I think the side stories are not very entertaining.
1: You know why they're not very entertaining? I figured this out with this movie, was The Nun, specifically, works so much better as a side character, and not its own thing, because... You don't know what it is, who it is, the backstory of it, and at the end of the day, you don't care. It's a terrifying nun that's haunting people. You don't need a whole backstory of like, oh, it's a, a whole, it's a angel that was cast out from heaven or whatever. It's just no, no. The, the 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 best thing of one of the best one of the best things about this movie is the scene where where the nun terrorizes Lorraine like you said in the office and like sh- her shadow walks across the room to the picture and the picture just lunges at her that's like that's, that's terrifying. Such, that that's more terrifying than anything in the in the in the two nun movies and that's that's sad to say i'm sorry
0: <laughs> uh, i like and, the Lon- i like the london feels i like the cloudiness the gloominess of the uk and you yeah. know the school scenes i liked all that but when it came to like the family and them being tortured, I was more entertained by Lorraine being tortured and, you know, ha- her having the visions and seeing, uh, Ed's, yeah, his demise, and seeing, seeing death, Ed's, yeah, demise than than I was yeah. with the actual family being tortured.
1: I think the girl, um, Janet. I think she has some interest, some fun scenes like when she's home from home sick from school and she's watching television. And I will say the scene where like the old man is like right behind her and just like scares the living daylights out of her, I jumped in that scene. Um, and so I think I think there's some great I think there are some good scares in this. Um, I'm glad the Crooked Man wasn't gonna be a move. It was gonna be a movie for a long time, but they canceled it. And I'm glad they did because that <laughs> that does not need to be its own movie. It works so much better as a side character like the nun. Um. Yeah, I I thought the atmosphere of this movie was really really well done. You're on. You're on.
0: Mute. Um. No, I I agree. Like I I think that's why these movies, at least the the three, are better than the side movies. Just because, like you said, you don't need a backstory. Um. It's like these Conjuring movies are two two twenty, and let let's just let the side movies be like an hour and a half um yeah. i think the only one i might have enjoyed was annabelle creations which is the third one yeah Yeah. um annabelle 2 was horrible the first Annabelle, you know it is what it is um but i think that's what you get but also it, you have to look at it like uh it's like the the marvel the mcu like horror movies sell so much at the box office you know yeah. when you have a 30 million dollar budget and it grosses over 200 million of course they're going to make two or three more or a whole universe because, uh, you know, people like to be scared.
1: I'm pretty sure if this was not Warner Brothers, this would be a, like a, a Blumhouse franchise because it the, was made so cheaply.
0: But, you know, that's another thing. That's another universe that's just that we can touch in and not doing very well. They're making a lot of money, but the, the, the content that they're pushing out is just not very good.
1: Yeah. heard I've heard that Exorcist movie is terrible.
0: And it shows you that the, the Halloween rights is was up for grabs again and yeah. uh, Miramax bought them out. So Miramax has the, the film and TV rights to Halloween now, and I've heard that they're gonna push out a whole nother universe with Michael Myers in the next few years. So um, I, mean, man, I, don't, I don't know. Well, but it's I think just... I think the movie the, the, the nun scenes in this movie, the Conjuring 2 was uh, probably a little jo- joyful for me. Um,
1: Yeah. Um, And I think one of the coolest scenes in the movie is when Ed, when they finally, when they finally get the word saying that Janet is possessed, and I like how it's a gradual progression of it's Janet that's being terrorized, then the sister, the sister, and the siblings are being terrorized. The mother finally gets in on, you know, the um, knife thing gets thrown across the room. I like the gradual progression of everyone, like. Each person each set each person gets starts to believe that there's something going on in this house and so when the Warrens finally come over and they interview uh, Bill Wilkins that scene where like it's Patrick Wilson in the foreground and then the background it's like real shaded and the you see the girl finally slowly transform into Bill and it's like a a shadowy figure you don't really get to see him I thought that was an excellent scene like I I was surprised I didn't like notice that better in the theater, to be honest.
0: There's definitely, I mean, that's the thing about movies that are layered is you definitely get more with more times of being viewed. Um, What do you think? The
1: Rottweiler Uh, that turns into the crooked man, I thought was a a really cool scene.
0: uh, What do you think about, because obviously the crooked man was again, another soul or demon tormenting bill but what did you think of adding a third like really character into that like to me I feel like the nun would, would have been just fine and if you would have cut the crooked man scenes out I would have dropped this film like another maybe 15 minutes like did would you think of a crooked man obviously you said earlier that it was he was bound to have his own movie but thank God that didn't happen
1: yeah I I can't say that I I want the Crooked Man scenes to be cut out because they actually <laughs> it's a it's a great design for a character. And I think it brings a lot more tensity to the film. But I, I agree. Like it I agree and disagree where it's just like you could have just had this be the nun for the entire length of the film. Like that's what's terrorizing this family. But like you said, there's much more layers to it. It's a de- it's a demon that's controlling a spirit that wants to be that wants to be rested. I don't think the nun had any effect on the crooked men. I think it's just like, you know, another thing that was just, you know, put in there for, you know, writing's sake. Um but like I, I see I see what you're saying. I I see the pros and cons of, you know, we want to make this um complicated but easy for people to understand, but we don't want it to be oversimplified. So
0: what do you think? What do you a... think? What do you think about them throughout the whole movie playing around with, you know, she's faking it. Having the 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 investigator, one investigator almost for sure saying that she's faking it. Do you did you ever doubt that? Hey, what if this is a family that's faking it? Or did you just want them to hurry up and prove that she wasn't? Like, could you imagine going down that route of a conjuring movie about, hey, this family's actually faking the Warrens?
1: Yeah, I. I'll admit, when I saw this for the first time and it was kind of revealed that, oh, she's a fake, it was faking, I was like, oh, that's it, they leave, that's that's the end of the movie, Um, but I I couldn't, there was a part of my brain when I watched this, like, there's no, it can't, you know, a girl, a little girl like that, who's probably six or seven or eight, she doesn't have the strength to literally move an entire nightstand across the room with that type of force, you know, it's just... Some of the things, and I like how they they kind of do the camera trick of oh they got they caught her in the kitchen throwing dishes throwing knives you know kind of making a mess over over tipping the table whatever, um, but to me that like like you said the whole movie of them tricking the Warrens I think that that'd be terrible that'd be utterly terrible. <laughs>
0: um, Patrick Wilson. Let's talk about Patrick Wilson for a minute. I, um, if I would have known it was just going to be us, I probably would have done a little surprise top five Patrick Wilson movies. But this yeah. guy has this guy has slowly started to become the Scream King, yeah. as, as as some people have called him. I mean, he did his directorial debut this past summer with Insidious, uh, the Red Door. The Red Door. He's, yeah, he's he's been in a lot of horror movies. Um, he's been in some thrillers like Lakeview Terrace with with Samuel Jackson. Uh this guy does a lot of like scary movies. What do you think of Patrick Wilson? We don't talk about him that much, and this is really the first time we've really dived into Patrick Wilson. What do you what do you think of him? You
1: know, I do think he's a I think he's a very good actor. I think he I think he's kind of been simplified, like you said, as a Scream King. Because like when you look up his just look up him look him up on Google. Insidious and Conjuring is like the top three things. I know, oh Jesus, he was an Aquaman. I forgot about that. <laughs> he was in your favorite movie of all time, Moonfall. So, you know, Watchmen, you Watch- know, there I think yeah, I think he's he's capable he's much more capable of being a dramatic actor where you believe him and he has residence, other than just being like the scared dad or the or the scared husband of, you know, these of these types of horror fi- or thriller films. So,
0: let me tell you the the way he portrayed Elvis in this movie, I I almost could have said, "Hey, he he might have won an Oscar instead of uh Austin Butler Austin trying Butler. to win one." Yeah, I think uh And what do you think of that scene? You know, scene?
1: you know that scene I was going to bring that up because it was just like that was probably like a good 10 minutes that you could probably cut from this movie, but you know,
0: I I like that scene.
1: I like it because it brings levity, it brings kind of just like calmness to the situation, and it also humanizes these people, where it's just like, you know, they're going through a horrible thing where you want them to to succeed, and it really plays up the idea of you learn, you like Ed Ed Warren, and you're afraid that he's going to be killed off by the end of this movie, so...
0: When that scene happened, when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, that's the that's the storytelling of letting you know that he's going to die in this movie.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I believed it. I was like, oh, so he's being charismatic. So they are going to kill him off in this. So and really, to be honest, I really didn't think that, you know, obviously the whole thing is he was going to get impelled by a tree or whatever. But I kind of thought that he was like when he's down in the basement and like trying to fix the pipes, I really thought that maybe he would have drowned to death or something like that.
0: Uh, that's yeah. The watery basement scene—that was a pretty good scene.
1: Yeah. So, and then something I noticed on, like you said, the layers of this film is that when it, Lorraine has her like her little haunting, and she's like stabbing her Bible or carving the name of the of the of the demon in the in the Bible. If you notice very carefully on the bookcase, it has the name Valak spelled out with those big golden letters. Not even. I caught that on this view, and I was like, wow, that's kind of a a good Easter egg for uh, the rest of the movie.
0: So that being said, with, you know, even, even the actress who played Lorraine, like she's one of those layered actresses, almost opposite of Patrick Wilson, how he's yeah. kind of stuck to maybe almost one type of genre of film. She's completely almost touched everything. Um, besides The Departed, what else did you like her in?
1: You know, something I really liked her in was uh, Bates Motel, where she played Norman Bates' mom. I thought she was excellent in that. Um, The Departed, obviously, Up in the Air is a good movie with George Clooney.
0: Mm. I
1: don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah. She was she was in uh, The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Robert Duvall. She was, she was very good in that. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yep. Yeah, she's been in a lot, lot lot of stuff and she's a she's another actress that cat that really can bring um emotional depth she kind of she <laughs> her face is kind of like the same and everything but she's able to use emotion to make her characters for you for you as a viewer to enjoy her characters
0: So. Uh the old man who kind of plays the the guy who wants to believe the family and tells Ed that he needs to take a step in a leap of like faith. Um not a very mm-hmm. known well-known actor but in this movie he's very authentic. What do
1: you
0: yeah. think of what do you think of his character in this movie especially towards the end when he's letting L- Lorraine know about his daughter's death which I thought was pretty touching.
1: I th- which which one which one is that again?
0: The uh, the older guy who plays uh he's Maurice.
1: Oh oh, oh. who is kind of like in it on it for like the, the fame was to be a part like. of history. Well yeah. yeah, um I like how, yeah the emotional depth of when she's when he's telling about his daughter, which I kind of thought that like maybe the demon the nun demon would use that against him or something like that like bring like a a, like a vision of his daughter to terrorize him um i thought he did i thought he did i thought he did a good job of portraying the like you said he wants to be part of history but not so much for the sake of saving helping this family but just for the the publicity of it
0: um So you end up, you know, they they think she's faking it, and then he has the proof. You know, they're sitting there playing with the, uh, the the, the tapes, the recorder. He 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 has the proof. Um, One of the scenes that kind of made me chuckle though was when he was, when he held the camera and he was like, "Oh man, it's so light and and you know small," Um, (laughs) talking about the the old school camera that was on his shoulder. Yeah. The final confrontation, I felt like it needed to be a little bit more memorable.
1: Oh, like, I I agree, but I don't agree, because, like, if you had just, like, because you find you kind of get, like, the whole enchilada of, and I like how they, like, blinded um, Ed with the, the steam, so he doesn't really know where he's going. You finally get one more interaction with the crooked man, and then find the the final deep the, the the nun actually reveals himself reveals herself um but I like how it wasn't all drawn out it was just all you had to do was say her name and it kills the demon even though <laughs> we have two nun movies to say otherwise it, but anyway
0: it, it kind of felt like I'm definitely anybody out there I'm not comparing the Dark Knight to this but it felt like the Dark Knight rises when you get so much hype surrounding Bane and a backstory. You know, you got so much hype with this nun and obviously out of the, the first two movies, even the third one, it's the better demon character of all three movies. And yeah. it's hyped up to be this big, bad demon as an, Oh, just, you know, say my name, a little destiny's child right there. And boom, the demon's gone. Yeah. it's Like you build up this demon. So, so much throughout the first film or the second film, and it's like, uh, you know. Hey, it's, it's done. Say my name. That's a preview for next week's episode. Hey. Okay. So, um, so now I, am not saying, you know, that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd needed to come in and bust this ghost out. But I felt like <laughs> I felt like there there needed to be a little bit more of a memorable moment. I, this to me, there was no memorable, like, in depth scenes about trying to get this demon out of the out of the house. Uh, I'm,
1: I'll, I'll disagree. Um, I thought that the, I thought the final confrontation was definitely it was worth the two hours and however long by that point, two hours and five minutes, whatever. Um, I felt like maybe you could have cut down some of the scene where scenes where Ed was walking through the house bl- half blind and showed more of the none. but I think, it would have taken away from the the creepiness of that character, in my opinion. So, and, you know, obviously everyone saves a the day. They van- vanquish the nun. Uh, do you like in these films where the credits is like the real interviews with these people that actually happened?
0: Yeah, I do. I like the the the, the real-life pictures and the real-life recordings that you hear. I think those are cool. It makes... You know, it makes the credits fun. I think it's creative. Yeah. But I do think... Uh, you talked about some of the spinoffs earlier. Um, I think this was a... Again, it's not three. What do you think of the third film, kind of, and the offs? Like, you know, they are for what they are. We were going to do the third one a few years ago when it came out on HBO Max. But we kind of just was like, eh, you know, we'll we'll save it for another day um
1: i i thought that everything like i said i'll i'll go ahead and state that this is the best of this universe i would say probably this the first conjuring and probably annabelle creation this is it's as best as it gets all the other ones are just it each every film just repeats kind of the same beat in each one whether it be annabelle the nun Cursor La Leona, which, you know, is debatable whether that's in that universe. Um, it's all the same thing, and they don't... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that they kind of built this whole timeline of where everything happens, but at the same time, it just doesn't... It doesn't amount to much, because essentially you're just kind of... Like I said, you're kind of... Sl- you're playing the same beats over and over again <laughs> to the point where it's just like, okay, I could put The Conjuring... Conjuring the devil made me do it compared to the nun two and it's just like it's the same movie,
0: you know. You're not and what you're I not mean really do anything
1: what, different with it.
0: What I mean by memorable is like you could watch, you could binge watch the whole series, right? Yeah. And other than probably two and one, they're all you may not remember any of it because they all feel the same. Yeah, and, and the like, only the, the only reason to me two feels different is the because of the loominess feeling of london that's it yeah. the nuns and in there. i think, guess what she's also in another movie and another movie the, but
1: but like i said and i think you would agree with me i don't i don't think you haven't seen the nun two yet but they don't those two movies don't work because it's like you you're building off the mythology of a character that a works so much better as a side character and you don't want to know anything about her because that's how terrifying she is I mean that scene where like the dot or the the Warren's daughter looks down the hallway and sees and sees her. That's that is genuinely creepy. I mean, it just walks into the next room. You don't know what it is, what it's doing, and who whatever. And for these films to go and just have like a whole backstory to these characters, just like Annabelle Creation was kind of cool because it led directly into the first film as a prequel, but you don't.
0: But even the, then, the, the, the Annabelle doll that's in the first movie is like a five minute leeway and has nothing to do with the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very true.
0: So um, at the end of the day, um, I'll start off with favorite scenes. I think the the watery basement scene is going to be fun for me because right there he already he kind of had doubt going in to that scene but he sees the the fake teeth and his doubts rise even more um the the nun scene where like you said she walks around the room and then she puts her hands around the picture and runs towards lorraine that's a fun scene um and then i do enjoy the scene where um they can't find the little girl and it's after the scene where she trashes the kitchen and they open the cupboard oh. door and she's in there with her head all tilted sideways and stuff. I, I thought that was a fun scene. What about you? Yeah. Do you have any favorite scenes?
1: Uh, the nun scenes are, are great. Um, the interview with Bill Wilkins with Ed where he's just kind of like, like I said, the, the way that they shot that was I thought was really well done. Um, the, I'll say the Eldest scene. I thought it brings some levity to the situation and ha- it was just a quiet, nice moment. And then uh, the opening Amityville Horror uh, walkthrough, I thought was, like I said, it set the whole movie off and put it, me in a good mood to be like, this is going to be different. This is going to be darker. This is going to be a lot more um, serious than I think that the than the last movie was.
0: See, I would have liked them to touch that opening scene instead of going across the pond and touching the, you know, going through the family of London. I always thought that would have been fun if they, not go through another movie's story, but kind of like, hey, this is also another real life incident. Um, I was
1: gonna, I was gonna say, do you think it would have worked if it was, it was just him investigating the Amityville Horror?
0: I think that would have been fun too, um, but you know, like you said, and I, I, I agree. The the Elvis scene is is a fun scene. We do, so. we
1: are getting one more movie. We are getting The Conjuring: The Last Ride, which I think is supposed to come out next year. I believe um so that,
0: that'll be the fourth with the Warrens
1: yeah I think that'll be the last one I think for me Wilson are like they, they'd be they're going to be done after this one so
0: so which is fine let, because let, I think
1: I think this franchise needs to die
0: so well let's touch on it right before we get out of here and give a star rating um you said fourth one might be done you know other than the conjuring films are you looking forward to the fourth one or are you just like you know what did the third one leave that bad of a taste in your mouth that to you, this franchise just needs to go? You said it. You said it yourself. It just needs to go.
1: I, I stand by that. I don't think the last ride is going to make, it's not one. I don't think it's going to make the money that they think it's going to make. Number two, uh, it's not going to hit the high that this one does. Um, I think pretty much people are tired of this universe. It's kind of like paranormal activity after a while where you're just like, okay. We we get it. It's ghosts, <laughs> demons, and everything. Um, the third one is terrible. Like I, like I, I remember you saying that we're gonna do that one, and I said, dude, let's don't don't waste our time with this. Um, yeah, I I if they want to do the Conjuring, the Last Rite with megan and uh, Wilson one more time, I'll see it. I mean, I'll probably see it when it comes out. Um, but other than that, I, I but, think that should be the end of it. you, you,
0: you know what. And I know we can't. We was <laughs> the third one, not a decent film. You know, some people say it was decent. Some people say it was trash. Can't count the money for that one because it came out right in the middle of a, of a pandemic. But you know what? The Nun Two made almost two hundred and sixty million dollars on yeah. just a thirty-five million dollar budget. So yeah. whether whether we like it or not, this franchise may not go away. And I think the Conjuring Four. With no pandemic behind it, could reach maybe depending on when it comes out, where it's sandwiched in between, could make anywhere mm-hmm. from three fifty to four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, so so I I mean, I don't know, I don't know where the side character movies are coming from, but this franchise is just like the Fast and Furious movies continues to push out money, you know. So I mean, they're doing something but... right, but to me, they're just not memorable.
1: I don't think everything,
0: everything doesn't need to turn into a cinematic universe. I
1: And yes, I blame Marvel for this. That's exactly why we're in this spot. I mean, the fact that they, in August of this year, one of the filmmakers said, yeah, we think it'd be kind of cool to have like a film. You know how the Warrens have like their closet full of all the different demonic stuff. Like they want to do something like that, where it's kind of like an anthology with all the different, uh, demonic uh device or product. all the devices
0: have their own movie. Yeah.
1: Just no. No. We don't we don't need to do that. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like the nun and Annabelle, while we I think we both agree that they're not they're not very good films. That's as close to that as you can possibly get to make it like an anthology or a universe. The Crooked Man works in the Conjuring too. You don't need its own film for a little toy that you know has like a really tall demonic looking slender man type creature.
0: So uh let's get into star rating one out of ten. One being an absolute Annabelle and uh, ten being an absolute powerhouse of a Patrick Wilson. Um you created I'll that on go, the spot I did. I'll go I'll go seven with this. Um it's it's not terrible. There's some things I would change if I really wanted to like it some more, um, but I th- I think it's just a little too much on the runtime, and I like uh-huh. I said I'm a little old school. I would have liked if there was less layers to this movie. Does it hit
1: its fine status?
0: No, I think I, th- it's fine? I think I think it's a little bit more than it's fine. Um, I just don't know if this is a movie I'm going to grab every spooky season. You know, right. I always, always, always base my ratings off of how many times can I watch it with enjoying it every single time. This is just one of those movies where, you know, a, a seven is as good as it gets. It's not, it's yeah. not like, as you know, yeah, I, I don't think I'd watch this every year.
1: Um, I'm going to go a little higher. I, I don't watch this every year, but it was a great rewatch. I think it still holds up almost what eight years later i think no seven years later um i'm gonna give it an eight i i like i said i think this is the best that this franchise has gotten um i don't know i don't remember what i gave the first conjuring but i think a seven maybe maybe i gave it an eight i don't know um, I, have, I
0: have both my viewings at a seven i think they're you know i think you can like the first one for some things and you can like the second one for some things i don't think one is superior to the other
1: Oh, I think I think The Conjuring 2 is superior to the first, just in my opinion. Um, but, like I said, great atmosphere, great cinematography, good performances. I think there is some good scares. Um, and while it does set up some stuff that, you know, we don't need two Nun movies, whatever. Um, that Nun character works so much as a side character. So I'll, I'll definitely give it credit. So 8 out of, eight, eight out of 10 for me.
0: So, so you're saying you like your nun as a side piece?
1: mm mm You have no idea.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Zach. (sighs) Well, after (laughs) going from that, did you want to you want to hit a couple emails? I dare you to say his name next week, Zach. Oh, you talking about Candyman, (laughs) the 2021 version? Next week, uh, Candyman 2021. Um, you know I think we might have some uh, I, don't, I don't know how you feel, but if there's anybody else that might join us um, I think this movies that gets shit on them a lot
1: and I don't understand why.
0: I don't understand why either there's it's it's rotten on the to- on the rotten tomato ratings. It's only got a 5.9 on IMDB. We'll get it all into that next week. But yeah, this gets some trash ratings, man, and uh, I'm kind of excited to dig into it next week. What about you?
1: Yeah, uh, I rewatched it last week uh, just to you know get stay ahead of the game, and I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about it. So,
0: um, so that's what we're ending the next. Uh, it's, it's already spooky season, already over. Zach, next week is the final one. Huh. I mean, we 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 get to talk about talk to me on November the first. Um, but what do you think about that, man? Next week is the the final episode before Halloween already. It's flying <sighs> time, by
1: time time just fly by, like you said. Uh, I think I read the other day. I think I looked at it the other day. That's like, oh, we only have like like fifty days before Christmas or something like that, almost to the day. So I'm just like, oh freak.
0: So you know, yeah. I hit
1: those malls for di- for gifts. So. <laughs>
0: So next week, we end October with Candyman 2021. You can check that out on Peacock. Um, I'll go through November real quick. November the 1st, we're talking A24's Talk To Me. November the 8th, we're talking Prey. Uh, November the 15th, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, November 22nd, Barbie. Just came out on Blu-ray the other day, so go check that out. And then November 29th we're talking Oppenheimer. So we're doing our Barbieheimer just like everybody else mm-hmm. did in the summertime, but we're saving them for uh, physical media back to back weeks, Barbie as an Oppenheimer. Um, that's, Zach- a
1: pack, that's a packed month.
0: It's a packed month. It's been a long time, but I think this is our most, as far as different films go, I think this yeah. is our most jam packed month of the year so far. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we're going to talk about two of the biggest films of the year. I don't think we could. I don't think we can't leave this year without talking about Barbie, just how much money it's made. Um, Oppenheimer. I'm really looking forward to rewatching Mission Impossible. Uh, Prey is going to be an interesting rewatch to see if it holds up a year later. And talk to me. Hey, it's a twenty four. What can we say?
0: Uh, there's a lot of people trashing that movie too recently, so it's it's going to be fun. And we'll talk the ins and outs of Candyman next week. Um, we might have some rants or two just because of how much hate this movie gets. I know. Um, but Zach, other than that, man, I think it was a fun episode. Uh, like I said, yeah. you guys can follow us on the social media. Um, or we're doing a bunch of giveaways on the social media. Digital copies will be given out from now until the weekend is over. So go check out the social medias. I just gave away the, the Exorcist 4K digital copy earlier uh, today. So go check that out. Um, but, Zach, before we get out of here, do you have any uh, final thoughts on The Conjuring 2 before we get out of here?
1: Uh, yeah, just go check it out. I'm surprised this is not on Max. <laughs> it's the only Conjuring movie that's not on Max. which doesn't make any sense. Um, but, yeah, go check it out. Uh, next week – well, this weekend I'm seeing Killers of the Flower Moon, so I'll definitely – I'll give my review on that next next week. So,
0: Three hours and 40 minutes you're going to go see during the day, in the morning, or at night.
1: I think we're gonna go. We're, I think we're gonna go check out like a three o'clock showing, so we'll be out of there by like eight o'clock Seven. at night.
0: So it should be should be entertaining. Everybody go see it. Um, it was filmed and made right here in the in Oklahoma. So go check it out. Um, brand new Leonardo DiCaprio Martin Scorsese movie. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Zach, go. You, Zach, you're the only one who's seen The Nun Two.
1: Is The Nun Two worth watching by Anna? Uh, I'll say I will say it is better than the first nun movie, but that's not saying much. I'll I'll just say that. So,
0: and Zach likes his nuns on the side. So,
1: uh, you know, I'll just say for the nun two, it's fine. It, it's better. It's better than the first, but it's fine.
0: All right, 20, Candyman next week, October twenty fifth. Uh, Zach says his name five times before we get out of here, and we'll see you next week on the Cinnamon. Movie podcast. Say his name five times, Zach. I dare you.
1: We'll wait till next week to do that. Say it.
0: Scream his name. Shout his name.